Hey guys, and welcome to the next episode of the Share Much Fitness Podcast. So thank you so much for sharing all of the previous podcasts up on your stories. This week is a little bit different. It's with Becca Gillen. Uh, the two of us are over in Thailand at the minute, training over in Unit 27. Uh, I didn't expect to be over in Thailand meeting Siobhan, Becca or Sinead. So I've been quite lucky and I've been very lucky that they've just Wingley uh, came on to the podcast as well. So thank you so much for coming on, Becca. No problem. Happy to do it. Uh, so I'll give a bit of background to Becca. So we're literally chatting off air as well. So Becca is a social media influencer and online coach. And she's also a qualified nurse, which I didn't realize until I did a little bit of research into you. Um, and then helping people to get fit through flexible dieting, which is one of the biggest things that I admire people for because there's so many of these crash diets out there. So I think that's why so many people go for Becca's message as well. Uh, she's currently traveling and training hard in Unit 27 and some of the videos, some of the workouts I've been through myself. And Dale is mental, who is the owner of Unit 27. So he's screaming at her for yeah. a lot. Um, and I, your, your message is amazing. You, you have fun, you don't take yourself too seriously and you just live your best life. Like we were talking off air. Yeah. You've literally moved over to Bali to to kind of live the best life. Can you explain to everyone your story and how you got into fitness and how you became an influencer? Yeah. So uh, every time everyone asks me about how I got into fitness or you know what I do for work, it's like ah, this is long. (laughs) So I did when I finished school, I did a degree in computer science in UL, and I absolutely hated it. Hated it, failed every year, every every like exams, but I managed to pass and all the repeats. So the only thing that made me stay in UL was the fact that I loved the social scene, loved making new friends, loved being out of Galway. Um, I was only seventeen, so I stuck with the course anyway, finished it, and then I've never done anything to do with it since. Like the the name of the course was actually music technology, so. Uh, I actually didn't want to go to college at all and my parents were like you're going to college so I just saw music technology it's like brand don't do that and actually it was a lot to do with computer programming and just really really hard stuff that I didn't get at all but anyways finished that and then decided I was never going to work in it again and then I did some work in like events um, in like nightclubs bars all that type of thing and kind of got bored of that again and then I decided I'd do then I decided actually that I was didn't know what I was doing I was like what the hell is wrong with me I keep doing these courses and I'm the type of person if I start something like I have to finish it even if I don't like it so I kept doing these courses then been like okay it's finished hated it what am I going to do next so I was about 21 or 22 and I was just like, I, I need someone to help me, like to direct me in the right place because I don't know what I'm doing with myself. So I went to a career guidance person and she basically, we did these aptitude tests and all that stuff. And she basically told me that uh, all my top results were to do with health and helping people, which makes a lot of sense now, even if it's like 10 years later. But long story short, I ended up doing children's nursing over in London. So for me, I was like, great, I get to get out of Ireland. Um, go do something new. I never wanted to work with adults. Like so it's, in Ireland, you have to do kind of general nursing. So it would have been like another four or five years if I wanted to do work with kids. But in London, you can do just children's nursing on its own. So went over to London, did my degree over there, finished that. Started working in the NHS in um, an intensive care unit for um, babies. And love that, but then the stress of the NHS and just nursing in general just started to get to me. Like the second year of me working as a junior staff nurse, I was basically doing a senior nurse's role because we were so understaffed, and it was getting to a stage where I was like, if I keep going, a baby is going to die because I've said yes to take. In a place in. London and I found that every day that I had off like with the nursing we used to do three 12-hour shifts a week so that could be days nights or whatever um, and 
every hour of my day off was down in the gym because that's where my friends were and I just realized like I'm spending more hours than my working week in in the gym so I decided why don't I just do my personal training course on the side I'll enjoy it it'll be a good distraction away from work and nursing and stuff so went and did my personal training course and um, I think I did it like eight weekends in a row so I used up all my holidays to get that personal training course done and I loved it and I just I just got it I didn't go and work with personal training or fitness or anything while I was in London I just I was in such a bad headspace that I just wouldn't have been ready for it um and then decided in 2016 I couldn't I couldn't take it anymore I was like my mental health was seriously not like it was the suffering so I just knew I had to get out of London I didn't know what I was going to do I didn't care but because I'd done so many career changes before like I'll I'll always find a job somewhere so I didn't really care that I was just like up and leaving I just knew I had to get out from my mental health so handed in my notice um moved back to Dublin went to Galway for two weeks well I was supposed to say longer but I lasted two weeks I was like I can't there's nothing to do here like no no friends here so I just marched up to Dublin and went into like a digs type situation someone that had a spare room and this lady that had a spare room and I was like yeah I'll go in there and then I just did a mix of went to the first gym that was up the road got a job there teaching classes wasn't allowed to do personal training first so I had to do and like I was getting a tenner an hour for the classes like so to make enough money I was teaching like six classes a day um which obviously wasn't enough for living in Dublin six so then I was doing agency night shifts for nursing and then working with babies at home as well so I was just like wrecked but I was determined to kind of start working in fitness whatever whatever I had to do to get there so about six months later then I started working at second gym so I was doing PT in one gym PT in classes in another gym and still doing the nursing and I just eventually built it up like that and started doing full-time PT then which is just still as hard like energy wise um so that's always that's my journey to starting with PT but getting into fitness wise like I always was into exercise I always did uh swimming I did uh dancing so say my my part-time job when I was in school was dancing so there was this kind of uh entertainment company I suppose that did teenage discos at uh, team nights like really like fun stuff so they hired dancers and we were like called team nitro we used to work for the Sidona roadshow so we'd get paid basically to do these routines and it would be me and all my friends I knew everyone in the group so for me I was like how am I getting paid to like dance in these cool costumes with my friends on the weekend like we'd go to school Monday to Friday and then anytime there was like Easter holidays Christmas summer we'd like head off on a Friday in the Sidona Ocho van and do like uh Cork, Limerick all these all these places like and we come come home with like 250 euro like or pounds or whatever it was at the time so for me being in junior search I was like this is the best thing ever so kept dancing up until I was like 21 and then I was like right this is starting to turn into like you know podium dancing and I wasn't really into that so I quit that and then um even when I was in college in UL I did uh, like a bit of step aerobics nothing major like but always was into some form of exercise and um, and it was only when I went to Australia on a little kind of we had a month off January 2013 when I was doing my nursing course and I had a couple of friends out in Sydney and I was like oh I'm just gonna I'm just gonna head out there for a couple of weeks because I wasn't sure if I wanted to go to Australia after I finished my uh nursing degree in London so um I wanted to go out and check out the hospitals out there I just knew I wasn't going back to Ireland so in my head I was like let's check out Oz went out there and the two lads I was staying with were members of Fitness First. So we used to get up at five, go to the gym. And I was like, well, what am I going to do in here? Like, I'm not used to going to the gym. And 
literally just started doing weights with them and then after that I was like well this is unreal because my body started to change and I've always been very slim athletic kind of boyish figure I suppose and I didn't want to look like that anymore so that was it that was the start of it once I got back to London started doing weights 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 and again like finished that PT course because I wanted to learn more about form and you know different training methods and stuff like that and then that was it um that was kind of my journey to getting into weights and stuff like that when I'd always been exposed to more um cardio based stuff and um so now I'm doing like I still prefer weights but my cardio fitness was totally um neglected big time when I kind of started doing bodybuilding type stuff so now that I'm out here in Unish doing this like retreat so this is another part of my job at the moment I'm doing like I'll go back to the online thing in a minute but it's good to have like face-to-face stuff again so this is my first training camp sort of retreat thing with Unish and this type of training is like I've never experienced anything like it before I'm sure I'm sure you'll agree there have I, you been here before no I haven't been here before but I've I I haven't I've been ill since Sunday I have not trained since Sunday and uh, it's driving me scat uh, yeah. I I leave tomorrow and it's driving oh, me scat yeah. uh, and I, like everyone who who I'm hanging around with here coming back from the classes with that kind of healthy sweaty glow I'm yeah. just it's killing me that swatching them yeah. come back it's, it's an amazing yeah. atmosphere and I think the best thing about unit and credit to the guys there is that it's created an atmosphere from people who are absolutely ripped to shreds from people who are completely started out who are trying to lose weight yeah. and there's no kind of discrimination it's literally one big family which is credit to the guys in the unit for doing that yeah yeah it's really tough like my head will like my mindset like you won't break me that way but it's my physical fitness that I'm like okay I just have to kind of keep breathing keep breathing but I think with this place it's a mental thing of people I genuinely feel people come out here to get over something or to get away from something and like it's military style like that's the only way I can describe it it's just like get up pick it up you know I don't say I don't want to hear I can't do it like tears and everything but mentally like it's brilliant like it doesn't matter you're you're there is there is people here that are you know so unfit like so much um carrying around so much weight and they're finishing before before me so it's all to do with your head it's so mental it's so mental because i absolutely despise running and then you have to do like a 500 meter sprint up to the crossfit gym and then you have to go into 30 burpees and you're just like you're fucking evil you're absolutely yeah, yeah. I, it's just mental and it's in that yeah, age as well so it's, it's really good but i'll hopefully do a couple of more of these type of retreat things uh next year because i do miss the face-to-face stuff so um going back to my i suppose online business when i did full-time pt i pulled back on the nursing a little bit this was like 2009 17 going into 2018 and I was just like so burned out had no energy to do my own training wasn't looking after myself my immune system was going down and I was like I need to just put this business online so because I had a little bit of an Instagram following I was kind of had a little bit of a head start so while I was doing my one-to-one PT sessions and I just started slowly building up my online clients as well um but then again like it, with me I'm not I'm always saying like I'm not doing enough I'm not doing enough so then I decided I do the math nutrition course as well on top of that uh, did you, so, have you finished that already yeah finished that there literally the week before I came out here I'm doing that I finished in November so I'm ah. I'm on module four at the minute so I'm doing all like the consultations oh. and stuff like that at the minute and I met Martin yeah. in Belfast in uh, about two weeks before I left, I know Siobhan was over in Dubai with them yesterday. Yeah. I think. Uh, it's I yeah, anyone looking through the course, it's phenomenal. It's so good. Yeah, yeah, it's really good. So I did the exams there just before I came out here. So it like they were really hard. Like to be honest, it was more about the timing rather than the information. Um, 
and I've never done an exam on a laptop so I kind of struggled there like you know you're used to writing out on paper so I'll be writing it out and then you have to transfer it onto the laptop so most of the exams are ran out of time so we'll see how that goes but but hopefully I've done enough to pass them anyway um how long do you have to pass how long do you have to do the exams one is 30 minutes, one is 90 minutes, and the other two are two hours each. And I still, like, didn't have enough time. Really? You're yeah. scaring me now for November. No, no, you'll be fine. Like, you can always repeat them, it's not a big deal. Yeah. It's not that you don't know the stuff, it's getting down in, the, in that time. Yeah, um, I know one of the, like, you've, you've moved yourself over to Bali now. And like I know yeah. one of the mantras you kind of live by is kind of, if you're not happy where you are, move, you're not a tree. I think that's an yeah. awesome mantra to have. What was the kind of, I know you're kind of saying you're burning out, stuff like that. Have you felt any kind of mental clarity or felt any kind of difference in yourself since you kind of moved over there? Um, well, see, the thing is, I kind of had my midlife crisis when I was 22. So, like, I that's was early. Like, you know, I was going out with someone and I was finished my degree. I was like, right, this is it. So I'll get a really good job. I'll probably get engaged when I'm 27. I'll get married young, like, you know, typical follow your, follow your parents type of thing. Um, but obviously that's a different generation and nobody will ever be like that again. But I, yeah, like everything, nothing worked out for me that year. Like I fucking hated my course. And then at the end of it, I was like, why? Like, it, it was so annoying because I was like to my parents, I told you I didn't want to go to college. If I didn't go, like, I probably would have figured it out in a year or two what I wanted to do. But, you know, I could have just worked or kept on dancing, whatever I was doing. Like, I love working, so I'd be, I could be washing windows. I wouldn't care, like, as long as I'm working. So I don't know if, if it was the right thing to do to keep going in something that I genuinely hated. Like, I only stayed there for the social scene. But then me and my boyfriend broke up just before I moved to London. So I I was like, everything was gone. I was like, well, I thought, you know, my life plan sort of just didn't work out. So after that, I was like, you know, went to London. And then I go and do this degree. I actually really enjoyed it. And then at the end of working of like two and a half years of nursing, the same thing happened again. I was like, I can't, I can't you know, I can't do this anymore. So because I had already gone through a shit time when I was 22, it wasn't that I was like, oh, what's wrong with me? Why can't I figure life out? I was like, well, this happened before and I got through it and I did something else. So it's going to work out the next time. So it's not that I was like doubting myself. I was like, I know that if in my gut I don't feel right, then I need to do something about it. So me leaving London, I was like, I don't give a shit what I do. I'll go, I'll go handing out newspapers for the rest of my life if I'm happier. Like, I don't care if I've done a second degree or whatever. So when I moved back to Dublin that time, I was actually really happy in Dublin. It's not like, like the first two times that I made changes, I wasn't happy. But when I was in Dublin, I was. I just knew that it wasn't for me. I wasn't surrounded by people that understood online work so I was kind of doing hours that my housemates were doing just so because I needed to be back in the evening and obviously I wanted to like you know spend time with them or whatever so rather than working it around what worked for me so I love Dublin I love the scene there but I just knew like I've all I've been gone out of Galway since I was like 17 going to UL and then I went to London spent five years in London then I come back to Dublin. I just knew staying in Ireland wasn't for me. And my mum always said to me, like, when I told her, like, I need to go. Like, I need to go travelling again. Like, sorry, I'm 30. And, uh, like, there's no man on the scene. And you're not getting any babies. Like, so I need to go. And she was like, sure, you always wanted to work abroad. So I was like, all right. <laughs> See, so. Um, so when I came on holidays out here last year, I just knew literally within two hours of landing, I remember being wrecked. And it was at, it was still nighttime, just the way the people like greeted me and you know, I don't know what it was, just after a couple of days it's like I, I don't I'm moving here like hundred percent. So me moving 
out here in January. Like I didn't just kind of move straight from Dublin to Bali. I actually came out here in September. Well, out here, I keep thinking I'm in Bali, but I'm in Thailand. Um, I came, I came out to Bali in September, October, just to kind of make sure that I wanted to come back. Like, and I people are like, you're spending this much money on flights, and I'm like, well, it's going to cost me a lot more money if I move out here in January, and it's not like definitely what I want to do. So I went out in September and October for another about six weeks, and actually just didn't travel, just set myself up with my laptop, like did my day how I wanted to do my day, worked a couple of hours in the morning, went to the gym in the day, went to the beach, worked a little bit more in the evening, and I was like, this is definitely what I want to do. So me getting on the plane in January, I've never felt so, uh, I don't know what the word is, like just satisfied with my decision. It was like, like I was just sure that like when I got to Bali, like that's what I wanted to do. So I suppose it's just like always trust your gut, like no matter what it is, even if your your head is like, oh maybe I should do this, maybe I should do that. There's something in your gut, like there's a feeling, and if it feels wrong, don't do it. But if it feels right, then then do. Like you can always change your mind about what happens. But I remember reading that exact quote on a night shift in um. Uh, in the hospital one night and it was just like yeah if you don't like where you are move you're not a tree and I'm like what am I doing here like I've been considering getting out of this lifestyle for so long like let's just go let's see what happens like what like I'll never be stuck for a job in nursing if I decide crap I shouldn't have done that they'll take it straight back like the next day so yeah I just like even now if I had like a bit of a struggle with something if I wasn't sure about something now I'm just like, well, sure, fuck it, like, let's just do it, and if it doesn't work out, I'll just go back to do what I was doing before. Yeah, I think so many of us, like, are, they kind of, I know from my own experience, it's kind of like the whole, you mentioned your parents and stuff like that, they always want this whole nine-to-five job, have the house, have the kids, blah, blah, blah. I'm a 30, I'm 31 now, and I'm kind of like, that's not going to happen in the next little yeah. while. Like, I kind of still, I've kind of only kind of after getting sick, I've only kind of, that was only when I was 29. So when I kind of started living now, I was kind of like yourself, had a relationship in my 20s, out in the pace, living, living. I thought that's what I wanted, but now it's kind of like yeah. in Thailand, meeting great people and then being able to kind of train in the mornings to literally chill for the afternoon, go on the laptop if needs be, check in with clients. That's kind yeah. of ultimately what you kind of want to do. It's kind of, it's completely changed. I don't think it's going to go back to what the way our parents were, which is I think yeah. a lot of people need to realize that like the parents have their great intentions, but I think as long as you're happy, I think mean, that's what yeah. Sinead alluded to as well. Like her parents are talking about like setting her up with a farmer down the road, which yeah, I, know, I yeah. can't imagine Sinead married to a no. farmer down the road. Um, no. And like, you've been traveling for a little while like what's the best place you've been to so far um like honestly i just love bali so much i can't like i wouldn't have picked just a place to live if i didn't love it so much like the only thing that's bad about it is the rubbish issue like there's no recycling there i've been trying to figure out like where does the plastic actually go because there is no recycling in Bali. Like, there is no separate bins. Like, I I think I know where the rubbish goes. Like, it has to go into the sea. But, I don't know, like, the beaches are so dirty. The amount of plastic that comes out of the ocean onto the shore is so disgusting. But apart from that, the way people are, like, they have absolutely nothing. And they're so happy. And I think that's the main reason I came out here. Obviously, it's cheap to live there, which is a bonus, but it's really the people. Like, if people have an opportunity to get this side of the world, even for Thailand too, obviously, um, but how kind people are when they live off nothing. Like, they don't have, like, you know, now my, my scooter is my most prized possession. Like, I literally cannot wait to get back to Valley on my scooter. The freedom you have on that thing is just unreal, like... And it's just like people are stuck on the phones at home. Like we go, we go to the gym, or you know, we'll be in a cafe in the morning, and you start talking 
to the person next to you who's from a different country, ask them all about their life, and then it's like, oh, we're going for dinner tonight, do you want to come? And you have a table of 12 new people that night, and you just don't have that at home. Like, obviously, you have your close friends that you're always going to meet up with, but I just notice a lot, even even at home with my, my family. I look around, and everyone's neck is just down on the phone. And it's like, I'm on Instagram, and that's my job, and I'm not even on that phone, the phone that much. Like, I try to keep my phone and Instagram and all that when I'm on my own. And then, apart from that, especially since I've been to Bali, or even going to food here in, in Thailand, you just talk, like, and you just don't have that at home. It's actually really sad, because people are, like, losing the natural way of meeting people. Like, all the online dating apps, it's like, like, I'm not using this Tinder anymore. Like, it's crap. Like, like I'd rather just bump into someone or meet someone through a friend. Why do I have to go online to try and meet someone? Like, do you know, I know I'm sound. I know I'm good crack. So why do I have to go swiping through a couple of photos and then and then actually end up feeling shitter about myself because they, they fucked off someone else that's better looking on the thing? Like, it's it, it, it I, I couldn't agree with you more like it's so like even when people are in the gym people are on the bus or they're waiting for someone they're on their fucking phone their heads are down yeah. uh like i know i it, it's great not having wi-fi see i only have wi-fi if i'm here or in one uh, of the restaurants so that's kind of yeah. handy and sometimes i don't even bring my phone so i won't bring my yeah. phone to the pool unless i'm kind of listening to a podcast or something like that or listen or do yeah. it so it's it's great not having wi-fi so i might even try to kind of knock off my mobile data or something like that when I get home or just kind of reduce yeah. to like after clients in the morning and then maybe a little bit in the evening before like yeah. two or three it hours it is hard though if, like that's the irony of it all it's like okay I'm out in, in Valley like I'm meeting people every day like really good conversations like you're making friends with people like you know you're making stronger bonds with people you've been friends with all your life nearly and then then my job is to work online so I, yeah. I have to be on the phone so it's hard like that's my job but it does make me go back a lot on my phone I'll only ch- check my Instagram like twice a day now whereas before it would have been all the time like I just make sure I do a post I don't care what time and what time it's at if, if it's like people are awake at home or not at home I'm like I'll post this when I have time to post it so that I don't have to be on the phone later posting it when I'm meeting up with people and do you have the app that monitors your usage and stuff like that? I don't have it turned on, no. I don't have it turned on. The girls were trying to check it for me um, when I was in Bali and then it was like screen time off or something. But I, do, I, like, I try my best to turn it off. Like, I suppose if I saw my hours, I might be like, oh, I don't feel like I'm on it a lot. Like, I do my stories, um, I do my post, and then I kind of let my DMs build up for when I'm gone for a walk or... I have an hour to myself in the day. Like I don't feel like I'm on it all the time, but I have to be on it a certain amount to get engagement and to get people watching me. Yeah. And have you had have you had experience with any negativity on us at all, or have you? Yeah, done? I've had. I think I don't think anyone can. I don't know if anyone can come on and genuinely say that they've never had any negativity. And um, I think the people that are quite blunt and honest get the worst. I don't know, actually. I suppose if you're fake, you do get it bad, too. But I'm very honest and blunt, and people just don't like it sometimes. But And it used to really bother me. Like the, the, See, I don't get that much me- negative comments. It's more DMs, which is actually even more cowardly because you don't want other people to see it. You only want to send a direct message to me. Um, and it used to bother me, but the sad thing is I'm so used to it now that it just goes over my head. But... Honestly, the people that are sending negative DMs about my life or my opinion on something, like I can say whatever I want, but you don't have to agree with it. Like I've always been like that. So um when people are sending DMs, I'm like, You're you're struggling with something, like you're unhappy, like you want to be over here, you want to like you hate your job. You're not doing nine to five, you're doing eight to eight probably every day, and then maybe you have maybe you're a single parent, maybe you know, it's really hard work and you'd love to be out with so don't be attacking me with your messages like it, that's the thing like you know some people are stuck at home and they can't get out of it but like then there's others that 
don't bother trying to make a change. They just they're miserable and they they're just settling. Like they're they hate the job. They're dragging themselves in. They go for after work drinks on a Thursday and then they roll over into Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then they're rattled. And then it's back to work on Monday and they're just depressed. So for me, I'm like, I'm not doing anything wrong. Like, and I'm going to say whatever I want to say. And if someone has a problem with it, then nothing I can do about it. I can't control someone's reaction to what I say. Everyone is different. Everyone's been brought up different. Some, some people are disgusted that I use so much bad language, but unfortunately bad language is in my family. So it just come, rolls off my tongue naturally. So I'm not going to stop doing it because people think it's offensive. Like the, I have the right people on on my Instagram following me and when I get to the end I'm just like yeah like block I don't want you following me you're just negative like negative energy yeah to say I think it's the same the way James Smith operates he says if you don't want to follow me don't, just don't follow me like he's he calls yeah. he just calls people cunts all the time like and cunts probably like, yeah. it's probably the most crudest crudest root word you can say but like yeah his messages well like I've never the thing with me is I never write back being like how dare you say that or you know it's not my problem you don't like me I don't bother I'm like that's okay if that's your opinion um uh I hope I usually try and say something really positive because they absolutely cannot cope if you're sound back and I'm like look you know you have the opportunity to try and make a change if you're struggling with something you know try and do this or whatever and I'm like all the best have a great day um uh, unfollow I don't want you following me anyways but have a great day and then I'll just block them or they've already unfollowed me so um, I don't ever be mean back because they are always struggling with something and that's not fair to yeah. like spiteful like like oh yeah you wish you had life like me like that's just not the way the way to go like and I think often people think that followers equals money like if you looked at my income compared to your own you might be like oh I thought you she was making loads of money like I'm not I just choose to live a cheaper life and I'd rather ha- like obviously I've saved some money there I would never not have money in case I needed it but I live off like nothing I've never been someone that's been into uh, watches cars like designer stuff ever all my money like since I've ever made money dancing or whatever whenever I used to do uh, work in my dad's club or anything like that all my money went on holidays and it's been the same since I've been 14 15 everything I had goes to like a holiday with the girls and obviously now it's gone to trap like it's traveling it's the same traveling holiday it's all the same and that probably is a misconception about kind of influencers. And I kind of, I probably, I hold my hands up. I probably had that before I met kind of Sinead and stuff like that. And she was kind of going through how much she's living off here at the minute. And I was yeah. kind of like, fair play to you for being so honest about it. And not, yeah. yeah. And like, fair play to you. I, I, I admire your guys' kind of strength and kind of mental strength for kind of, putting kind of that whole influencer thing to the side. I know you guys are still making money out of it, but like you're still able to live off whatever you're doing and yeah. live, living your best life. You're, you're, you're going out to Songkran, getting soaked and getting going on nights out. You're get you're, but you're training hard. You're, you're living yeah. over in Bali. It's like, it's to be admired. It's a fair play to you guys. Um, yeah. I think as well, like the reason people like us is because we're not ripped to shreds. Like, yeah, we, we train hard and like we're we've good like normal body fat it's not like you've abs on show like we're like everyone else that trains like and the reason we're not shredded is because we'll eat whatever we want like we'll go like that froyo place down the road that's so good i'm like oh i'm like i'm usually i would only have like one of those a week because in valley there's a lot of drinks with dinner so for me I'm like if I'm having three or four margaritas with my dinner three or four times a week like I need to kind of balance out how many flipping froyos I'm having but here because I'm training twice a day I'm like no I'm having one every night like I need it like I need are you struggling to get your calories in well like I don't actually know how much I'm eating and I'd be used to kind of uh not eating until around one like in Bali and stuff um like I put on I'd say ten pounds 
over Christmas because I I had an operation before Christmas. Um, I don't know if you've seen it before, but uh, me and Sinead actually did a, a live on it before about uh, cervical smears and cervical cancer and all that. So in January, uh, in November, no, October, maybe September, October. So I've had like, I've been, I've had to have my cells removed twice because I've had to basically precancerous stage three cells. So I suppose that's another factor for me trying to keep fit and healthy because like I was over in London and I got this letter saying, you know, I've had I've stage three precancerous cells, hadn't a clue what that even meant, had to go and get them removed. You're not allowed to train. And like at the time when I was struggling the most, the only thing that was getting me through mentally, like through work and everything, all that life in general, was exercise. And then I, I get this letter to say that I'm basically unhealthy when I'm trying to be my healthiest. And I'm not allowed to train then for 12 weeks. I was just like, oh, my God. So I worked really hard after that on trying to get my immune system up. So when I got a letter again, like this summer, when I was at my healthiest mentally and physically, I was like, what the hell am I doing wrong? Like, So um, I had to take another 12 weeks off before Christmas. And then all my friends were home from like Dubai, Australia. I was like, yeah, I'm drinking as much as I can. If I want to go for pints in the day, I will. So I put on about 10 pounds and then like trying to lose that in January when you're trying to make friends and family, obviously drinks involved, but I want to get fit. So I kind of did intermittent fasting for like, I'd say probably all of January and February. So the majority of the weight I put on was gone, but out here training twice a day, like I don't give a shit about how much I'm eating because I could not keep up the intensity of the training if I wasn't getting food in. So in Bali, I'd be used to like fasting from like eight at night until one the next day but here it's like what do we get like with our package we get like two meals and trooper a shake and we're eating another meal at least and another shake and probably the froyo as well so i mean i don't know how many calories i'm eating but i'd say it's three thousand i'd say the decent amount yeah but when i go back to valley i'll just be back dieting again my god these classes are more cardio conditioning based when I get back to Bali I'll just start lifting again like so because I lost a lot of muscle before Christmas as well obviously because I wasn't training um so here is like fitness like cardio fitness and mental fitness and then when I go back to Bali I'll just start lifting again and like it's hard I suppose because you're always in a bikini in these countries but then I want to be doing the best for for my body because I don't obviously want to be depriving myself. I think that, like, I don't know if it's the same for you when you got sick, but I honestly think that the majority of people that get sick, that have stressful jobs, is, is because of stress and you're working too hard and you're, the in, like, you don't know what's going on, on inside, but your body can't keep up and that's how it comes out, like. Yeah, something, something has to give. Like, I was trying to work... A stressful job plus have a crazy social life go in on the monday being in rag order not recover until like the wednesday or the thursday and then out in the pace again on the friday yeah and some, something i have to give uh yeah. and unfortunately my health gave but fortunately it was the scariest and best thing that happened and i'm here now uh and it, it's it's great uh, and do you normally track your calories when you're kind of in your I, kind of training mode um, i used to but it's impossible to do it here like it's impossible it's, it's here, too it's too difficult yeah here actually wouldn't be too bad but i've been i've had so much experience with tracking food obviously um with my clients as well like i go through their food every week i'll know what's accurate i'll know what's not i could eyeball portions of what's in front of me and and guess what i'm eating in Bali, it's a lot harder because they use a lot of coconut oil and canola oil. So you might be like, oh, yeah, I'm getting an egg white omelette. But like you don't know how much oil has been used in it. And they use a lot of uh, they use a lot of avocado as well. Like I don't actually like avocado. So I just leave it out because it's a lot of fat and high calories. But I'm good at estimating my calories. But I don't I haven't tracked my food in I'd say since last summer. 
I kind of know now, like if I'm looking bigger in a couple of weeks, I know I need to pull it back, but it's 100% going to be the drinks. I'm not going to pull back on food. It's going to be the desserts and like drinking because my food is, I'm actually quite a clean eater most of the time. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't be like, oh, dying for a pizza or, you know, I'm good with my meals if I want. If I want something like the froyo or whatever, I'll just have it. And that's that's my approach with my clients as well. Too many people are kind of think that you can't, first of all, you can't eat carbs or you can't have any treats or you can't drink, which is wrong. Because if you actually start to learn a bit about calories, it doesn't really matter what you put into the calories. Obviously, you want to have optimal health food-wise and optimal nutrition. but if you just want to lose weight, you could honestly eat McDonald's all day as long as you're in calorie deficit, you're still going to lose weight. So for someone who's like obese, it's it's actually better to be eating shit food and a calorie deficit than eating five or 10,000 calories of healthy food because you're going to be obese. And then obviously after a while, if, the, if someone is used to eating junk food, then you can slowly start removing the things and try to get try to get it 80% whole food and then 20% fun food, I call it like. So like there's nothing wrong with you having like your three whole like wholesome meals and then like your bar and a glass of wine. Like there's nothing wrong with that. Like that's how you need to just kind of separate good and bad foods. And once you start understanding that, that's when you're like dieting isn't hard anymore it's like just you can make it social and obviously if you're pulling the piss on the weekends friday saturday sunday pints drinks you're going to be adding over five thousand calories just of drinks and sh- and then obviously if you're reading over the shit food comes and you're not moving so but that doesn't mean that you can't have any like you can still have some like junk foods in your diet and and drink and your probio as well and still lose weight like i think so many of us like i know i was guilty of this was kind of like having a so-called healthy salad for lunch when i was in had a real job and then you go home and literally press that fuck up button hard and just eat the yeah. family pack of crisps and then you'd be like crap and then you're back into salad routine again so many people do that and restrict yeah. themselves just yeah. don't restrict i know it's so it's everyone's kind of tr- trying to ram that down people's throats on Instagram and social media and stuff like that, but it is the absolute truth. There's no point in restricting yeah. because you are gonna just gonna bounce back harder and gonna feel like shit again. I'm gonna be back yeah. into that monotonous routine of being yeah, where you are. Of, there's a lot of binging going on, like, and that's because people are depriving themselves during the day. You're literally starving. So, like, you know, if you just add a bit more carbs, like, bump up your protein to, like, in your morning, like, you know, your breakfast and your lunch you're more than likely going to have enough calories that you're not like going to eat the entire kitchen when you get in. And the restricting thing is that's, that's when your unhealthy relationship with food is going to start because you're not having enough carbs, you're not having enough calories, you're not having enough volume, so you're not, you're not full enough. And then you just end up binging on everything in the evening, which also isn't going to keep you full, like cookies, ice cream, whatever. I've never personally... Um, had an experience of binging so uh, but I've had a lot of clients um, that have that history of depriving yourself and then eating everything in the evening and then you're wondering why you're not losing weight when you're eating you know when you're eating a salad during the day and your coffee's and your water but you're eating like over two days of food in your one binge and then the next day you're depriving yourself obviously your cravings are going to be all over the place because you've you've just put in so much shit food in the evening then you're trying to fast the next day and then you're probably training twice a day and then you're deprived again and you go do the same thing again so when you actually eat enough it doesn't have to be like i think people don't understand that like a calorie deficit isn't 1200 calories it's 17 18 1900 sometimes 2100 for some people it's just a small you know a small deficit and also if you're someone that sits down all day you might be lucky enough to get your deficit by just doing your steps or like training an extra session during the week. You don't have to kill yourself three times a week in the gym is lows. But if you're someone that sits down all day, you just go for an evening walk. That could be your your deficit there. You might not even have to pull back on your food. 
I think I think that's I think that's awesome advice. I really really do. I think that's the that's the biggest thing that I think most people should take out of this out of this episode so far. Uh, one of the things you kind of you along with kind of the flexible dieting is kind of being an advocate for girls lifting weights. Yeah. And I admire you so much for doing this because it's probably I'm ninety nine percent of my clients are female. And it is the one thing that they are always afraid of is getting bulky if they start lifting weights. Have you yeah. any advice for those that think they may get may get bulky if they start lifting any weights? Um, well, the main thing, um, the main thing is like people, like say clients that come to me either online or when I was doing PT, they'd be like, uh, like majority of them are actually skinny. I'll have like a couple of, um, I've had a couple of overweight clients, like doesn't matter if they're doing personal trainer online and they will do, they will do anything you tell them. If you say we're doing weights, like they're like great, like they just want to lose the weight. But if it's skinnier girls, like they're just like, I just want to be toned and lean. And like, I just say, okay, so when I'm trying to explain about, okay, you need to do weights, like, and they're like, oh, I'm afraid to do it doing weights and I'm like well what's your what's your full body or you know what would you like you know what would you like to look like in you know who do you follow or whatever and they usually say first of all either me or they'll show me a picture of someone else and I'm like okay and what do I do in the gym and they'll be like weights and I'm like yeah and am I big and I'm like you can say if I'm big and they'll be like no you're not big at all what are you talking about and I'm like well there and then I then I say to them so how long have you been doing your running on the treadmill because there's so many run, like so many runners, they just run. That's all they do. They don't do any weights in the gym or they don't do any machines. And they'll be like, oh, just, you know, tell me how long they can run for it. And then I, and I say, okay, and and is it working for you? And they'll be like, no, I want to be told. I'm like, well, then if it's not working for you, then you need to try something new. So as soon as they say that, like kind of break it down, they're like, they get like, they get the logic. And... Like, if after a month you, you think that you're getting bulky, then we'll stop. And nobody ever is bulky because I don't think people understand that you need... The only way you get kind of bulky is if you are genuinely overeating and not training. Like, if you're not putting the food to good use, you're not going to be bulky. You might just have extra body fat. But if they're talking about getting big, like, you know, nearly looking like a man type thing, they're, they're chasing something. Like... Girls don't naturally look like that. So there's hormones going in somewhere. So I say, okay, look, we'll try this for a month. If you feel like you're getting bulky, then we'll stop. But look at all the people that you say you want to look like. They all do weights. And once they explain it kind of simply, then then they're like, okay, grand. And they do a month of weights. And they're like, oh, my God, I look so lean. It's crazy when you, you just change their mindset. In in simple of four or six weeks, you change the mindset so quickly. Yeah, um, and then they kind of start, like, I'll get these messages, like, obviously, because all my clients are online now, and I'll get these messages being like, Becca, none of my clothes fit, like, my shorts, I have to buy new work trousers, but they're delighted because they, they have this ass growing. It's not like they're getting, it's not like they're getting, you know, putting on body weight. They're not getting fat. they grown an ass and they're absolutely buzzing they have to buy the size 12 pants like. <laughs> and is there any tips you have for someone kind of on the other side of things dealing with any impatience or anything like that i feel like um, it's kind of hard like if you want to for weight loss weight loss comes a lot quicker than muscle gain so with the weight loss you can kind of see the results fairly quickly even even if you don't look you know a totally different two three weeks later like your clothes will be bigger you'll you'll feel it or it's usually the pants like they kind of the pants will be loose um but if you're trying to gain muscle it does take a, a lot of hard work it takes like minimum six months i would say and you have to be eating a lot of food so i do feel like this skinnier girls are willing to do anything to put on muscle but then the girls that are kind of in between where they've lost their initial stone or whatever it was when they you know they weren't happy and they've they've lost lost a good bit but then they still want to kind of look a bit leaner but they don't want to diet longer that's when you kind of 
have to pick which one you want to do. So if you want to put on a bit of muscle, you have to understand that you're going to have to eat in a surplus and a little bit of body fat is going to come, come with that. But genuinely, for people that are wanting to gain muscle, you honestly need a coach because I've seen too many people do these dirty bugs where they're eating Burger King, McDonald's, Subway, and they don't know how to put the calories to use and they don't know what, I suppose, how much carbs are going to need to eat to lift heavy in the gym because the main thing with putting on muscle is that your lifts are going up because if your lifts aren't going up that means that the calories are going to fat and not muscle and usually with the lean gaining phase like you're not going to be fat at the end of it you're going to be a little bit bigger a little bit softer but you're still going to look good and strong if you do if you do lean gaining phase wrong it's not going to be a lean gaining phase you're going to end up probably not not being any stronger and a lot more body fat and then you're going to get into another cycle of you're going to want to diet really hard because you haven't done it right so if if you want to gain muscle you do need proper guidance but you need six months to a year i would say to to get your lifts up build properly muscle tissue whereas with a fat loss phase could be 12 to 16 weeks you might not need to lose that much yeah and what like in relation to you mentioned protein and the importance of that in your diet have you got any kind of hidden gems for people out there in in order to get their protein levels up um the best thing is to kind of aim for protein with every meal or snack so for me say i was at home like when i was at home in ireland cooking a lot more for myself like i would have a lot of times when clients are starting off with me, I get their food, like I give them their macros and calories or whatever, and they'll do up a sample food plan for me before we start so that I can kind of see their general day of food. And a lot of the time I see two poached eggs, you know, sliced sourdough, butter, whatever. And there isn't actually much protein in two eggs. So what I'll say is, oh, can you buy, you know, the carton of egg whites, maybe mix the two eggs in with like 200 mils of egg whites. And you can make an omelette or something with your your toast or whatever, so that you're bumping up the protein there. If you're if you're going for, so it's actually really easy to implement like simple swaps. So I'll see things like mother yogurt and an apple. Like even if you swap the the mother yogurt for Glenisk, where it's higher protein, or even the Faye zero percent, add some like flavor drops into it, then your protein is going to be at least double of what it was before you can still have the over to just changing the macro the macro like the protein um content in it um and then things like um that i suppose the hardest thing is if you're vegetarian um you need to be going for things like those strong roots burgers like kidney beans lentils that have protein like i think people think protein okay chicken breast eggs steak greek yogurt but like you can get protein from all sorts so like the kidney beans and the lentils um are really good for getting your protein up and the greek yogurt and then usually it depends on what the protein has been set at but usually it's around two grams per kilo so for me that's like 130 140 and I'll, I'll usually be able to hit that without taking a scoop of whey but since being in Bali and stuff I'm trying to have one meat-free meal a day but that doesn't mean that I can't hit like 20 grams of protein by having like all those bean type things and like a veggie patty and you know you can still make up a lot of protein in one meal with other sources than meat um but there's nothing wrong with taking a scoop of whey protein like it's much better than a protein bar um to get your protein up because if you want to be building lean muscle tissue if you want to stay full when you're dieting um if you want to hold on to all the muscle you've built if you're going into a dieting phase your protein needs to be adequate otherwise it's just you'll start to see your muscle waste away if you're not eating enough calories like 
Yeah, I think that I think that's awesome. I know I'll give you one last question because I know you need to kind of get a power nap in before you get murdered again <laughs> okay. at two o'clock. So we'll talk about your online coaching and stuff like that. So for anyone that's not aware what online coaching is, can you explain it and what it involves for it to sign up with yourself? Yeah. So online coaching is pretty much like personal training, um, but it's online. So I have an app that I use. And well, first of all, if someone's like, either if they want to lose weight or if they want to gain muscle, it doesn't really matter. So I have some performance clients as well, strength, like it doesn't really matter what your goal is. You can, you can um, adapt to everything. So if someone comes to me and they're like, right, I want to lose weight, I'll do like a FaceTime consultation with them. I'll send them out a consultation pack with loads of questions in it, like medical history, um, dieting history, like, you know, have they had any eating disorders? What they like, what their normal day of food like is like. Have they ever done macros and calories? What do they struggle with food wise? All that stuff, and then the same with their training. Like, what do they do in the gym? If they even go to the gym at the moment, they might not. They might not even be into exercise or have ever exercised before. Some people will be really advanced. They're like, oh, I do CrossFit five days a week. Some people like will say, oh, I do three classes a week or whatever. So we go through all that stuff in the FaceTime consultation. And then I'll do up the plan based on those um, those answers. So, like, this is where one-to-one online coaching, proper coaching, um, separates from these generalized plans that are just handed out. Like, if you have a complete beginner coming come to you, they've never done macros and calories, they don't know what, uh, what fats, you know, they don't even know what, types are fats or all or carbs or protein you're not going to hand them out a calorie and macro um targets and five days uh bodybuilding program in the gym and that's a huge problem like i see people come to me and they're like oh i lose with so and so and i'm like send me that plan and i look through the plan and, I, and i'll be like well, didn't you say you had a knee injury and they'll put in squats five by five or whatever something like that so anyways i have an i have an app and after we've talked through their goals, how many times a week they're able to train. It could be at home with a lot of home clients as well. And I just get them to buy this one set of dumbbells and barbell kit that's like 50 euro. And all my clients that train at home use that. Um, because some people aren't ready for the gym, not because they haven't been there before, but maybe confidence wise. So um, we go through that. I'll ask them what equipment they have in the gym. Usually I, I'll know what gym they're in, so I kind of know the equipment. And I'll say realistically how many times a week can you train, any injuries, is there any uh, exercises you don't don't know how to do, all that stuff. And I'll do up the workouts for them on the app so that when they log into the app, there's going to be a schedule there, Monday, full body A, and like all the equipment that's in their gym with, you know, that's at their level of difficulty because everyone is different and then they can track their their weights so I'll have all the reps and everything in there there'll be tutorials on how to do the exercises um, and they track their weights so that every week I'll check the lifts are not getting stuck because if the lifts aren't going up then they need more food um, so the training side they track their weights they'll be able to see what weight they've done the previous week and how many reps and all that stuff um, and then food wise it's totally dependent on their experience with food so if they haven't done macros and calories before I'm not going to give them macros and calories I use a different app called see how you eat and it's basically uh, six boxes and you take a picture of all the food and snacks and drinks you've had that day so it's set up that it's like breakfast snack meat, uh, lunch snack dinner snack but obviously you don't have to fill all the boxes or maybe you'll need more so breakfast might be like uh coffee and a bagel and then the next box might be like missed maybe they didn't eat their lunch or whatever it is so every day they send me that and i give them feedback every day so if i see that there's they haven't had breakfast um then they had a chocolate bar for their lunch and then they take away for their dinner. Then obviously I'm going to be like, right, let's add some protein to your breakfast. Um, let's add a yogurt with with that um, bar so that they're not like, well, I'm not allowed to have the bar. And then I'm like, let's make a 
you know, let's make a home version of that takeaway so that you've like less calories. And that will be every day until they kind of get into a routine of knowing what to eat and when with their kind of work schedule. And then after about two weeks, they'll 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 kind of get it that oh she put that up there in the morning. That's because that has more protein. That's going to keep me a lot more full so that I'm not like starving by my lunch. And then after two weeks of doing that, like. To be honest, the people that haven't done macros and calories before, um, the work is a lot harder because I have to check their food every day. Um, but after about two weeks of doing that, when they understand what's the protein, what's what's the fats, what's the carbs, then then I'll teach them about um, macros and calories. And most of them want to learn about macros and calories and how much they're eating. But I do have some that just, it doesn't suit them because they've had maybe... Um, you know, an eating disorder in the past and the control thing just isn't right for them. And the portion control stuff is like, it's more than, it's it always, you still get the same results. You don't have to do calories. And even when you're finished your fat loss phase and you've been doing calories and macros, like you'll be able after that to kind of pull back on the tracking a bit because the, the thing I want to teach people is that you don't have to track everything for the rest of your life. And also, you don't want to cling on to me for the rest of your life. Like, I'm lucky that my clients, they already know what to do, but they're still two years on. They're like, no, I'm staying. I'm like, you know what to do. Go and do it. Like, But they like the accountability thing. But I want to be able to teach people, okay, this is, this is why this wasn't working for you before. This is what you need to eat. This is what works for you. Okay, you've that event on the weekend. Let's pull back a little bit during the week. Okay, you've been doing your calories and macros for four months now let's not track anymore and they're still lean like so they can just go and do it themselves like and then obviously if they do want to come back in the future for another fat loss phase or sometimes they'll come back for a gaining phase they just come back ready to go again and they're just learning even more then the next time so um that's how the coaching works they'll they'll check in with me every week um, they'll have to be an assessment chart they need to do measurements they need to do their weight they need to do progress photos but a lot of it is uh, the second part of the sheet is like scoring your sleep your stress um, your motivation energy performance like hydration where you are in your, your cycle um, like a lot of it is your your mindset and general lifestyle things because it's no it's no crack like your measurements going down every week and then you're not feeling good because you're not gonna you're not gonna stick with it so they check in every week but they also have me on whatsapp so anytime they need me they just whatsapp me and where can you sign up for your services becca um well probably the best thing is to do to send me an email um, Becca at beccagillan.com I do have a website as well beccagillan.com all the information is there but to be honest a lot of my sign-ups come through Instagram and I have like a few highlights on coaching like what involves kind of just what I talked talked about there and then I have a different highlight on how the app works where you can see like your graphs of your lifts going up and stuff like that and then a couple of food diaries to show that you know like this week, this weekend now, there'll be an Easter egg in everyone's um, food diary because it'll be Easter Sunday at home. So, there, well, there better be an Easter egg in everyone's um, food diary. And um, then I'll just go through it. They all use my fitness pal, my fitness pal, the ones that track their macros and calories. And I have to go through it and then go through the kind of micronutrients and actual nutrition. So, um, and then obviously if... You know, if they're getting cramps or if they're feeling, you know, they're losing weight but they're not feeling 100%, then that's where I kind of go deeper into the nutrition and you'll get the, like, proper nutrition stuff out of it. It's not just the macros and calories because they could be lacking something. Yeah, exactly. No, I love the way that you've gone and gone and you go into so much detail with them. Because it is yeah. like, it is an information finding mission, like even with the face to face and more so with the online, because you may not meet half those people ever. And it's such yeah. a it's such a personal thing finding out everyone's little ailment, knee issue. Yeah. Even I know when I first started, the biggest issue or the big, big uncomfortable issue was talking about menstrual cycles. 
and yeah. the amount of research and lectures I had to watch on mental cycles understand the head spikes. Uh, there was there and there was even one week where I had fifteen girls on the same cycle, so that was a, that was an interesting week. Yeah, yeah, and also like on the other side of that is people that have been dieting too long, too hard, yeah. and they don't they don't have they don't have periods, and like that's the main thing. I'm like, you need to eat, eat, eat. We'll get the fats up, get the calories up, and genuinely, four months later. Sometimes it takes six months or longer and I get this message and they're so delighted with life. They're like, Becca, I got my period. Love you. <laughs> but that's like the other side. Like when people have been overtraining, calories too low, like fats down at like seriously, I don't know how people even get through their day of food with the fats that low. And that's when your hormones start to go all over the place. Yeah. No, I, I love the fact that everything's a personal approach with yourself. The fact that it's not one of these kind of uh, one size fits all. It's a personal approach. Yeah. And I respect you so much for for doing that because it's especially the amount of clients that some people can have online at this day and age. It's very difficult. Yeah. It's very easy to kind of get caught up and just kind of here's a program for everyone. Here's a program from John. Yeah. Here's a program for Mary. So fair yeah. play for doing that. Becca, I know you are due to head off to your class. I yeah. we're a little bit over an hour on the podcast, so thank okay. you, so, thank you so much for coming on. It's been an awesome episode. I learned a lot, and yeah, I hope the guys. Great. So, guys, please do like and share the episode. I will be including Becca's details in the show notes as well. So, do give her a follow if you're not following already, and do sign up for online coaching with her or myself and we can we can listen next week all right thank you very much becca thanks so much for anyone who's looking for online coaching you can go through becca's email uh instagram at becca gillen uh, and then you can or else if you want to go work with myself it's www.shanewalshfitness.com and you can apply on that thank you so much guys for listening please don't uh, forget to share on your social media and thank you so much for listening again talk to you soon